You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Jesus empowers all of us to lead people to Him. Learn more about our church's call to empower leaders in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We are on our fourth week of our series, Radical. Can we say that word with me? Radical. Radical. Yun. Wow, convincing. Okay. But anyway, we're, we're celebrating our 30 years of uh, honoring God and making disciples. And we're on our fourth week. Three weeks ago, we talked about lordship. Actually, we're, what we're doing is we are looking at the core values of our ministry. And the core values are the ones that determine our behavior. These are the ones that are, guide the way we do ministry. And first one being lordship. Everybody say lordship. And we have some sayings that summarize that particular core value. And for lordship, what we say normally is Jesus, period. Everybody say Jesus, period. And the second one is evangelism. And in evangelism, we value the lost people. Okay? The statement that we normally say for evangelism is 99 and the one. Can you say that word with me or that phrase, 99 and the one? Last week, we talked about discipleship. And with discipleship, what we normally say is every member is a minister. Can you say that word or that, that phrase, every member is a minister. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, you are a minister. Okay? Believe it or not, okay, you are a minister. Maybe this is your first time here. Everybody here, I believe God has anointed you to do ministry. And today we're focusing on leadership. Basically with leadership, the statement that we normally say is one chapter ahead. Okay? And maybe you're wondering, what does that mean? We're gonna, I'm going to explain that later on. And the last uh, of our core values will be family. That's why... Uh, with, uh, with family, we're going to be ending it next week. And so these are the five core values that we have. Lordship, evangelism, discipleship, leadership, and family. Today we're uh, looking at leadership. And I am so grateful for the leaders that I have in my life. I believe that in this particular nation right now, in our day and age, in our society, in our culture, we are not lacking in teachings or books or seminars on leadership. How many of you have had read a book on leadership? Maybe by uh, you know, John Maxwell or Warren Bennis or maybe attended a leadership seminar. How many of you have had the opportunity to do that? Can you please raise your hand? Okay? Sige lang, sige lang. Alright. Now, that's why uh, you know, it's really important for us to realize that there's so many resources out there, tons of resources. Unfortunately, despite the fact that there are so many teachings and seminars and consulting um, you know, firms being put up in order to improve the leadership of uh, a company or maybe the leadership skills of a person or the managerial skills of a certain executive, the fact remains that our nation is still in a leadership crisis. Would you agree with me on that? And I'm not here to say that there's something wrong with the government, but when you look at the whole nation from top to bottom, we are still lacking in the area of godly leadership. Would you agree with me on that? Just nod your head if you agree with me on that. And I believe that you know, it is so important for us to know that leadership is really what brings a nation to success. Somebody once said, everything rises and falls on leadership. You know, uh, from, the, from, the, from, a, from a nation to a company, 
to even a, a person or uh, the head of the family. And how many men or how many husbands do we have in this place? You know, please wave your hand if you are a husband. Okay? Sige na, okay, may hiya. Okay, wave your hand. Okay, I'm talking to you. Okay? You are the leader in your own home. And all the wives say, you don't agree with me on that. I know. Ang hirap sabihin, right? Because you don't see it. Uh, just joking, just kidding, okay? But the reality is every time I do a, an engagement seminar or maybe a wedding, I would actually normally uh, uh, say the scripture on Ephesians chapter 5, which says, Wives, submit to your husbands in everything. And all the wife will say, nobody answers now, okay? <laughs> because sometimes... You know, I'm not a wife, but I think women are having a hard time swallowing that particular statement. And they would say that, why is it that the Scripture is one-sided? Some people even say that the Scripture is old-fashioned. Don't you know that husbands and wives are created equal? That's right, you're correct. We did not say that husbands are above the wives in the area of importance, both are important in the eyes of God. They're created equal. There's no more favorite uh, by God one over the other. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person you are God's favorite. Whether that is a husband or a wife or a, you know, a man or a woman. In the eyes of God, we are all equal. We're all the same. But yet we play a different role. The difference is in the role. And the wife's role is to be a helpmate and her responsibility is to submit. A husband's role is to lead her, his family and his responsibility is to love. Now you may say it again, bakit ganun lugi? Yung wives submit, yung husbands love lang. Andaling mag-love. Di ba? Just buy a you know, Hallmark greeting card and just say, I love you, just... You know, date your wife, just say, I love you three times a day, you know. Just call your wife in the middle of the day and sing that song, I love you more today than yesterday or whatever. You know, however you want to express it. But yet, that is not just the kind of love that we are to express. We are to express the kind of love that Jesus expressed for the church. And the love that Jesus expressed was, He loved the church that He gave His life for the church. Simply lang, how do you love your wife? Die. I mean, how many husbands can do that every day? Die to self. Die to your dreams. Die to your ambition. Die to your rights. I have no rights in my home. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> it's not because she is above me, but it's because I honor the Lord with this command. When He tells me to love my wife, I love her to the point of dying to myself every single day. And if your husband, or sorry, if your wife, husbands, if your wife would know your commitment to love her, it's easy for every wife to submit to the husband if they know that the husband is willing to die for the wife. Now I see, I hear an amen from the wives. Because when you talk about leadership, leadership in the home 
is about a husband hearing from God and in the fear of the Lord would lead his wife and his family in the way that they should go. He should not lead, uh, lead them in, the, you know, in his selfish ambitions, but he should lead them in the way that God ought them to be led. You know, 90% of the counselings that we have as pastors really, uh, you know, between a husband and the wife boils down to leadership issues. There's a lot of issues that we can talk about. Communication, money, you know, children, career, sex, whatever. But ultimately, the whole problem really is the man in the house. And all the women would say, wala pa rin That's your cue. Now, I'm not generalizing that all the problems really came from the husband. What I'm saying is, much to whom much is given, much is required. And when God gave us this mantle of leadership, guess what? God takes it seriously where you will lead your home. The, fam- the family is the most you know, basic unit of society. I believe that if the strength or if the leadership in the family is strong, we will form a very strong nation in the Philippines. Amen. It all starts and begins with us leading our family. Anyway, next week is the family topic. Now today, it's still leadership, but you know, I'm, I'm really excited about this particular topic. But anyway, I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me. We're going to be reading from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to read two verses this afternoon. And really, we're going to look at what does it mean for us to have leadership in our life, not just in the family, but you know, maybe some of you are here and you're a student or you're single, and this readily applies to all of us, actually. In verse 1, let's just read that from, uh, from the keynote. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. You then, my son, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say, okay, let's all read it out loud. You're, you're reading with me. One, two, three. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Father, we thank you so much for our time today. We ask that you would give us your grace. Thank you, Lord God. Just like you've exhorted Timothy, Lord God, we will be strong in the grace of God. Thank you for the leadership that you have put on our, in our lives Thank you for the leaders that you have called us to be. I thank you, Lord God, that we will not shrink back from this particular call. But I thank you, Lord God, that each and every one of us, because of the influence that we have on people, may we live lives that are worthy examples of the people who are following us. We thank you for this, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. Leadership. You know, this is the last letter of the Apostle Paul to Timothy, and as he was giving instructions, basically what he's saying to Timothy is, get ready, I'm giving you this charge of you know, taking over what I've started. Paul was in prison at this time. This was the last letter that he was writing. And if you will just go and look at the rest of that book in Second Timothy, particularly in chapter 4, you will find that He's saying, you know, my, my time of departure is about to happen. I have fought the fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. And it was like a, a last 
instruction to a young pastor, Timothy. He was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And what he was saying is, Timothy, don't be intimidated. Don't let people look down on you when you are young. And so he was really giving all this you know, advice to this young pastor as he is about to leave uh, this earth. And I realize that when you talk about leadership, those times we feel inadequate. And how many of you sometimes feel inadequate to lead? Can you please raise your hand? You know, I, I'm raising my hand. You know, sometimes I am, you know, I feel like the call to lead is just too heavy for me. The burden and the weight of the leadership that God has called you sometimes is too much. And when you talk about leadership, first and foremost, we need to realize that leadership is about the grace of God. Amen. Amen. And I understand that it is important for us to look at leadership, the skills of leadership, the abilities, and God normally uses our gifts, our abilities, our talents. And how many of you have some of those? You know, some of you are very eloquent speakers. Some of you have uh, strategic capabilities. Some of you have management skills. Um, some of you have big competence in the area of leadership. And of course, we do not disqualify or discount character as part of the important equation when it comes to leadership. But yet, no matter how complete all these things are in your life, apart from the grace of God, it is so hard to lead. That's why the Apostle Paul has said this to Timothy. Don't just rely on your own strength. Don't just rely on your activity, or I mean your, your, your abilities. Rely on the grace of God. That's why he said in, in the first uh, verse, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Timothy's strength is not his own, but it is, it is a divine gift. You may actually be strong in the area of leadership. There's some people who have natural abilities. People who can actually just go and lead and start something and people would follow them. There are others who need to basically study first and be skillful first, be trained first in order for them to lead others. But nonetheless, no matter what kind of leader we are, it's still about the grace of God. Apart from the grace of God, it's just so hard to lead. And maybe you're sitting there and you're wondering, eh, pastor, I'm not a leader naman eh. I just want to follow. And maybe you're that person. I just want to follow. I don't want, go, I want, I don't want to stand up there you know, on the stage and talk. I don't want to lead an organization. I don't want to do anything that will actually lead. I just want to follow a leader. I have news for you. Sociologists have studied that you can influence at least 10,000 people in your entire lifetime. No matter how influential you are that you think as a leader or you may be a timid person, guess what? You can still influence a lot of people. All of us are called to lead. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are a leader. Not just a minister, pero ngayon leader na. I believe that great leaders come from good disciples. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you ought to lead people. And we learned that last week, that a disciple is someone who follows Jesus, someone who fishes for men, and someone who 
fellowships with believers. Can you say those three things with me? Follow Jesus, fish for men, and fellowship with believers. That's why we ought to, you know, use the gift that God has given us. If we're disciples of Christ, then we ought to lead. But it's still about His grace. Be strong. The grace present tense, be strong, means to continually strengthen or be strengthened. It indicates the need for continual dependence on God. God will provide strength when we walk in submission to the Spirit of God and in harmony with the will of God. Dapat every single day, you're in total obedience and dependence to the Lord. Remember the illustration I actually shared about maybe about a few weeks ago or a month ago? The, tar- the turtle on a post. Remember this? If you are driving to the province and you see a turtle on a post, you know that that turtle did not get there by himself. Isn't it? Somebody put that turtle on top of that post. How can you climb on that post? And The next problem is how do you go down from that post? Guess what? When you look at ourselves, when you look at ourselves, and then the way we're leading, if you're leading an organization, if you're on top of a company, this is a good picture that we need to realize that we got there not because of our ability or our strength or our know-how, our competence. We got there simply by the grace of God. Somebody must have put us up there. And guess who that person is? God Himself placed you there for a purpose and for a reason. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. That's why we need to have constant encouragement from the Lord, from the Spirit of God, and even from people every single day. People need to speak to one another. Be strong. Tell the person beside you, be strong. strong. You know, that's the concept of encouragement. When you say, you know, yeah, be strong. Encourage actually comes from two words, encourage. To put courage into. And I believe that all of us need encouragement every single day. Amen. You hear, all, you, hear, you hear all this bad news that can get you scared and afraid. You know, about you know, the MH17 that was shot down over Ukraine. And then a few days after, another plane went down, a Taiwanese plane. And a few hours after, I think another Algerian plane got lost. And they still haven't found the first plane several months ago. And now you're wondering, should I ride a plane? Be strong. (laughs) Be of good courage. Be strong. Because many times, you know, we can be overwhelmed by all the bad news. But all we need is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's just receive that. That we have hope as a people. Peter Drucker said this, Leadership is lifting a person's vision to high sights, the raising of a person's performance to a higher standard, in the building of a personality beyond its normal limitations. First, what is leadership about? It's all about the grace of God. Second, it's also about people. Leadership is about people. You know, if Pastor Joey defined discipleship as discipleship is relationship, I think we can also say that leadership is relationship. It's so hard to lead without people, right? I mean, how can you lead, you know, if it's just a computer, you know? We lead by example. We lead because there are people following us. 
In verse 2 of the Second uh, Corinthians, oh, Second Timothy, it says, "And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others." And in this one verse, you see four different kinds of people. First, the Apostle Paul is speaking. What you've heard me say. Who was he talking to? Timothy. Of course, the letter is addressed to Timothy. He was talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. And then he talked about, uh, you say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to what? Reliable men. He was talking to another group of people, the reliable men, who will also be qualified to teach others. You know, early on in our ministry, we were uh, trained to look for fat people. The reliable man, not, not, not literally fat, but we're looking for FAT people. F is faithful. I mean, if you're faithful, okay? A is for available. And T for teachable. Okay, FAT, fat. Faithful, everybody say faithful. Available. Available. Teachable. How many of you are fat people? All right. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person you are fat. You are fat in the Lord. Come on. What we're looking are reliable men who will be qualified to teach others. These are the faithful guys that are available. Teachable. In one of our meetings here with the leaders, uh, our victory leaders, Alex Castillo was teaching and he said this, if you think you are leading and no one is following, then you are just taking a walk. That's true. Because, you know, when you're saying that you are a leader, people are literally following us. Just two things very quickly. How do you raise up leaders? Number one is equip. Everybody say equip. You know, I believe that God has given us the fivefold ministers to equip the saints, and that is part of our job. It's to equip you. We talked about that last week. Our main job is not just to minister to people, but our job is to equip the saints for works of service. And we basically equip you with the Word of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we're looking at people that we can equip. To equip in the Greek is uh, exartizo. Okay? Exartizo means to be made complete, to be competent, and to be able to meet all the demands. That's why, you know, we highly encourage everyone here in church to be equipped. You know, I, uh, we were recounting a story. Pastor Jansen and I were just chatting yesterday. And one of the baristas of Starbucks years ago, Pastor Jansen would order, you know, normally the baristas, the baristas would study who you are and they would re- try to memorize the drink that you normally order, isn't it? And how many of you, you know, normally if they identify who you are and they know the drink, that you would order, how many of you feel good about it? I don't know, for some reason, if they know me and then, you know, if they know the drink, oh, Pastor, yeah, I know that you're going to be ordering, you know, one short wet cappuccino. Oh, yeah, that's right. How did you know? I know you. Something like that, okay? And so, 
this lady always gets the drink of Pastor Jansen. But he's, she's not a member of the church. She's not a Christian. And so what Pastor Jansen did was to introduce some of the single ladies from the staff who went there. They got introduced and she got invited to attend the church. And she got saved here. She uh, finished one-to-one right here. And, you know, an open door came to her life and uh, she was given an opportunity to work in Singapore. And so he took, she took the job. So from here in Victoria Labang, she went to our Every Nation Church in Singapore, and that's where she finished her Victory Weekend. So, shall, okay? So, why did you finish your Victory Weekend in Singapore? Diba? So, do siya na Singapore la. Diba? So, ganun yung sabi nila na Singapore la. Diba? So, she finished her Victory Weekend in Singapore, and she did not stop there. She continued to be part of a small group. She got equipped. And another open door came to her life, and a job in Dubai was offered to her. After about one or two years in Singapore, she went to Dubai and is now part of the church in every nation, Dubai. So she finished her one-to-one in Victory Alabang. She finished Victory Week in, in Singapore and she went through training for Victory in every nation, Dubai. And she's now leading small groups and is a big blessing in the church. In Dubai. How many of you know that God will use you everywhere you go, anywhere you go? Amen. But we need to be equipped. If she had not gone through one-to-one or Victory Weekend or Training for Victory, now we're going to be talking about Foundation for Victory. You know, she would have not done what was offered to her. There were so many opportunities for this lady and now she's totally committed to the church. My question is, how many of us have gone through one-to-one? Well, how many honest people do we have in this place? How many of you are honest here today? Okay. Let me ask you this. How many of you have not gone through one-to-one? Please raise your hand. We're not going to you know, condemn you. It's okay. It's okay. okay. How many of you have not done one-to-one yet? Just raise your hand. Okay. Be honest. Okay. This is between you and the Lord. Come on now. It's okay, okay? Just raise your hand. It's okay, okay? We want to invite you to do that. No pressure. Just sign up later. No, no, no. No pressure. But really, what we're offering to you is an opportunity for you to grow into maturity in your walk with the Lord. Because, you know, you may come here every Sunday, listen to the preaching, enjoy the worship, and then go home. But yet, when you come back the next week, it's still the same process. My question is, are we growing in our walk with the Lord? Is foundations being set in your life? We need to have the opportunity. And, you know, I, I highly encourage you to find a victory group leader who can sit down with you and do this one-to-one booklet. It's a seven-week uh, journey. You can actually do it in a week if you want for every day for seven days, okay? Just so that you will find out what does it really mean for me to be saved? What is lordship? What is baptism? What is church? What is the Holy Spirit? You know, who is He in my life? And so on and so forth. Okay? How do we raise up leaders? Second is empower. Everybody say empower. empower. Leaders should be empowered to lead. You know, it's not enough for us to equip people because if you equip people and you don't release them and empower them, they're going to be frustrated. You know, they know a lot of things, but yet we're not using them. But I believe that 
God wants us to be empowered. And that's really what the history of this movement or this church is all about. 30 years ago when the original outreach came to the Philippines, there were a group of 65 young American students that came here together with Pastor Steve Merle and together with Pastor Rice Brooks. Pastor Steve was a, was a very young pastor at that time, 25 years old. And the outreach was ongoing every night. There was a meeting happening and there were people getting saved. You know, you've heard a video, the story, the testimony of, you know, some of those were Pastor Ferdy and Pastor uh, Junas Kusar and Pastor Manny Moleta and Pastor Jeray Mora and so on and so forth. And there were people getting saved. And the time for the departure of the 65 original missionaries is coming. And Pastor Steve in his mind is saying, what's going to happen with this very young church if the 65 American missionaries would go back to the U.S. and leave behind this newly saved people in our church? So Pastor Steve said, he met with the young Christians, the young believers, and he said, we're going to form an altar ministry. We're going to help you know, every time there's somebody getting saved, I want you to, you know, help me do the follow-up. And what he did was, he said, I want you to start reading the Gospel of Mark. And if, you've done, if you're done with the Gospel of Mark, go and continue uh, reading the Gospel of Luke and then John and so on and so forth. And what he said was, if there are people that are getting saved, I want you to start following them up and do basic discipleship. And some of those young Christians are saying, but what do we know? We're not even equipped yet. What Pastor Steve said is this, as long as you are one chapter ahead of your disciples, in their eyes, you look like spiritual giants. And what he said is, if you're reading the book of Mark chapter 10, and your disciple is reading Mark chapter 9, that's fine because you're still one chapter ahead. But the moment he overtakes you to Mark chapter 11, he now is discipling you, and you're not the one discipling him anymore. So that was like the basic equipping tool that he did. We had no making disciples class. We had no victory at that time. There was no foundation for victory. There was no training for victory. There was nothing. There was only the Bible. And the gospel was the only thing that we had at that time. And we were saying that as long as we're one chapter, basa, 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 you know, every day, basa. You know, it's like, a, it's like an internal discipline we've, had to, we've actually had. And that was, a, uh, that was a, you know, a time wherein we would empower leaders. It was a culture of empowering that this ministry had when we started 30 years ago. And the same empowering culture is still here today. We are not afraid to entrust ministry in the hands of people who are not professionals because that ultimately is a call of God in our life. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2b, it says, Entrust to reliable men. It didn't say entrust to professional pastors or entrust to people who have been equipped already. Just reliable. And what do you mean by reliable? Fat. What's fat again? Faithful? Very easy. You don't have to be a graduate of the seminary. You just have to be faithful in your Bible reading. You just have to be available when needed. And you've got to be teachable. And I believe that God will use you to teach other people 
I'm preparing to close. You know, you see that in that particular text, you see four generation, multi-generation leadership from the text of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And the things you've heard me say, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. First is Paul, first generation. Second generation is Timothy. Third generation is reliable men. And the fourth generation is others. Don't ever underestimate the impact of your leadership over a person's life. There's always a ripple effect. Every time you lead somebody to Christ, guess what? That person has a lot of contacts as well. And that new life that was changed will make an impact to another life. That will make an impact to another life. Basically, what you're doing is you're leading a disciple who will make disciple, who will make disciple, who will make disciple. And that, in essence, is what leadership is all about. Jesus even believes in empowerment as well. Jesus is the most anointed person on the planet. He can heal, he can preach, he can multiply the bread, he can cast out demons, he can raise people from the dead, and yet he used his own disciples and released them to do the work of the ministry. Let's look at Luke Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out what? All demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Who did, who, who did the driving out of demons? Who did the curing the sickness or the disease? Who did the proclaiming the kingdom of God? And who did the healing the sick? Jesus and his disciples. He equipped them. At the same time, he empowered them and he released them. You know, my prayer for us this afternoon is that all of us will take an opportunity to be used by God to not only be a disciple who would follow Jesus, but to be a leader who will actually make disciples of other disciples. A disciple of Christ is empowered to lead. We hope you were inspired by that message. Read more about the Victory's 30th anniversary celebration by visiting our website at www.victoryalabang.org and joining us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Happy anniversary! and stay connected.